You know, call making for me has always been about the ducks. Now, it's about the ducks, honker specs, and our culture. To me, the culture of waterfowl hunting is about our shared values, respect, beliefs, traditions, knowledge, and it's that underlying sense of connection that all waterfowlers share. This is the Ducklander Podcast, and I'm Bobby Hayes. Hey everybody, what's up? This is Ducklander Podcast. I'm Bobby Hayes, and tonight I have my buddy Kyle Bauer over here. So, some of you guys know Kyle, some of you guys don't, but uh, pretty much Kyle hunts with me pretty much all the time. We've hunted together for uh, 13 years, somewhere in there. Yeah, it's been a while. Yeah. Yeah. Long time. So, Kyle and I pretty much hunt together. He hunts with me. (laughs) (laughs) But, uh... But yeah, so this is Kyle, or you don't know him, but if uh, you come ever, if you come out and see me at a show, which isn't a lot because I don't do a lot of shows anymore, but Kyle is generally helping me at the booth as well. So a lot of you guys know him. Yep. But as you can tell, our podcast room has changed, um, added a laser engraver to the shop this year, so uh, I had to move. I had to move where the uh, laser engraving happens, so that kicked my podcast studio over to the showroom. So this is the showroom for anybody that's been over to the shop, but yeah, this is it. So this is now the podcast area. Uh, lots of things going on in the shop this year, which we'll get into. And then Kyle and I were just kind of going to talk about our season, how everything worked out this year. Yeah. Uh, all in all, it was a pretty good season. Yeah, For I mean, all things considered, I mean, battling guides and outfitters to kind of making a game plan to we just ended up in missouri yeah it was i don't know we we were pretty uh we we stay pretty optimistic right so like uh you know just not knowing what to expect and we dive into it and you know i i don't know where you want to start on that but i mean we would hunt it out west of the shop and then what was it uh the grind came up bill well i would start with uh yeah First off, a lot I know a lot of people tell me they did not have the best season this year, mm-hmm. which is understandable because it was it was pretty hot and pretty dry. Well, no, it was just hot. We had rain right before the season. Yeah, it but it was <coughs> it was dry when it didn't matter and it was wet when it mattered. Yeah. So but so we we did our typical deal. We started off our season in Kansas. Yep. And there wasn't a pile of birds, but there was enough to to scratch hunts out of. Yeah, right. I mean, it's not hard to find eight, ten ducks for two guys to shoot. Right, but you're only hunting too deep, so it kind of makes a difference, right? Yes. We're not rolling ten guns at a time. That's a completely different game. Yeah. Uh, but uh, it was a lot of, I'd say for November, it was a lot of other ducks. Yeah, I mean, pile of teal. I got an absolute pile of teal yeah, for that... what we're used to, where we're at. Yeah, a lot of teal. Uh, a little bit of gadwall. Wasn't a lot of gadwall. No. Um. No widgeon. Yeah. No. I don't. Yeah. We didn't shoot a widgeon at all till. Not in. Not in. Not in the states. Widgeons was Canada. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh. Which actually we're gonna talk about Canada too. Yeah. So we're gonna take it from the perspective of how I like Canada, why I like Canada, and then kind of if you've never been to Canada, what to expect. Yes. But um. Yeah. So Kansas was good. Like I say, I have no complaints. Now, the one thing that Kyle and I do, since there's just a couple of us that hunt, we are really particular about what property we're going to hunt. 
Yes. We don't want to go in and blow the birds off the property, so we kind of stretch those those shoots out. Yeah. Like we may not always shoot the honey shoot; we may shoot the second best shoot. So there's always birds where we can hunt. Yep. So and you can't do that every day. Yeah, I mean, yeah. It, and it. We're also pretty fortunate. The little block of ground that we hunt around, there's plenty of water around the outside, so you can just kind of read. When yeah. We're scouting. I mean, we just kind of see where they're using, bouncing around between, and kind of pick. We kind of pick the smallest one usually most of the time. Yeah, it's like, well, that's it's got ten. Let's just go give it a go. That's what I say. We're like I say, we're not necessarily looking for some place we can shoot twenty, so we kind of leave those alone, and we go where we think we can bang out eight to twelve ducks. Yeah. And you know, a lot of times. Just the way the way we like to hunt, we may not we may not run a hunt out till we're done with our birds. We usually call it on time more than we call it on our birds. So yeah, if we get till nine thirty, especially on years when we don't have a ton of birds, if we get till yeah. nine thirty or ten, like we're just done. Mm-hmm. So they've had enough, and we're gonna go whether we've shot eight or our limit or sure short or whatever that yep. way because we don't want to blow them out of the area. So we manage them a little bit that way. So November was good. Yeah. And well, then, I mean, ahead, well, it was, I don't know, when, whenever Aaron from Boss came, we were yeah. like, we, we, I mean, he was just stopping through on his way home. We're like, yeah, we can give it a go. I don't know. I just like telling the story because it's like, we, we tell him, eh, we don't know what this is going to be like because like most people experienced, it was a lack of migration. He shows up, we set up on one of the ponds that we kind of hunt really a couple times a year. Just when something's on it, we take advantage of it. And then turns out they're. We just caught stuff flying around. I, yeah, there was a four-man <laughs> worth of mostly mallards on it. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Just, I remember halfway through it, Bob and I looked at each other like, this is going on right now? Yeah, <laughs> so, so. But, yeah, I mean, November was good, and and then it was steady. Yeah, it was steady. It, it's not like it was on fire, but it was steady. And I will take steady eight days a week, you know? Yes. Now, one of the odd things, once we rolled to Thanksgiving, uh, we didn't have any honkers. No. My no. goodness, we didn't. So I had a buddy coming down to shoot a film, uh, Bill from Dakota, and okay. we didn't have any honkers. So I use honkers as a backup for when I have friends in town because we generally always have a honker hunt. And yeah, he was coming down to shoot more shop stuff than he was to hunt, really. But the hunting was a bonus. But mm-hmm. we ended up, I leaned on a buddy out on the Missouri side. And this is actually... It's in the area of the ground that I grew up hunting. And, um, hell, we ended up on the Missouri side for the rest of the season. Yeah. Yeah. That was December on. Yeah. Yeah. Really the halfway point. Yeah. Yep. And it was, uh, honestly, it was pretty spectacular. We, we pretty much hunted, when did Bill come down? Was it December that, 5th? S- no, 6th? it was 17th. It was, wasn't it the middle of December? No, it was earlier than that. It was right at the I, beginning. I Maybe it wasn't. Maybe no, it was enough. right before Christmas because because everybody had to get back because oh, yeah, yeah, Cody yeah. and those guys had to get home. You're right. Christmas. It was the week before Christmas. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, it was that Sunday or Monday before Christmas or of the week before. Yeah. So we pretty much hunted the Missouri middle zone out uh, down in that area, and you know, for the most part, I think we shot our birds every day. Yeah. Yeah. Like it was really good. It was all mallards mostly, mm-hmm. but really good. Yeah. So like all in all, like I would say probably the best season I've had on ducks in three or four years. It's been a while. Yeah. For like, that to be that consistent. And again, it was a steady thing. It wasn't like it was on fire and you couldn't keep your gun loaded or anything like that. It was just, it was steady. Yeah. Just you uh, get 
anywhere from a single to five pack come in, do your deal. Yeah. And then, but I would say definitely the year of singles. Oh my goodness. Yeah, singles and pairs. It was yes. the year of singles and pairs on Mallards, which is fantastic because I, yeah. I love it. But yeah, but well, n- no big bunches. We had maybe. Well, no, it, the big bunches didn't start till like the last two or three days of season. So yeah. Like the first, the last couple days in January. And I'd say, what did we get? Maybe we finished out maybe five big bunches of ducks this year. If that. But I would I'd even say, say that. Yeah, every limit we shot was pairs or singles. Sure. For the yeah. entire morning. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So I mean, anytime a big group would work, it was it, – you, you would either have wind and singles and pairs. Yeah. Or you would have no wind, hardly any sun, and groups of 20 to 50. And they yeah, would just right. do the, the gadwall spin. Yeah. Now, they were very, very hunted. Yes. Yeah, uh, because like I said, I don't know – I don't remember asking Dave when those ducks got there, but I think it was around Thanksgiving. It yeah, because they said. had yeah, it was right when they around, got the flood. Yeah, right around Thanksgiving when they got that little bit of flood. Yeah, so they, they were, were still fresh whenever Bill was there. Yeah, for the most part. Yeah, so they were very hunted. Uh, you had to be very good on a call with them. You had to hide very well and be very patient. Yes, uh, a lot of spins on the singles. Uh, no spinners. Lots of water motion. I think yeah. we were putting out nine or ten. Yeah, the the lucky duck splashers. Yeah, every day. Yeah, between the butt ups and then the swimmers and yeah, all the uh, products they offer. No, no spinners, but yeah, all in all, I said it was pretty dang good season. Yeah, yeah, it 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 was one of those ones that you're kind of you just hope for a handful of birds, and then as the season progressed, and it was like, well, this is what we're doing, and yeah. it turned out way better. So I mean, you know, we kind of knew what was going on when we were in Canada and we're hunting in t-shirts in October. But I will tell you this: so we pretty much hunted. Either me and Kyle, or me and Kyle and this old guy named Dave. Dave's great. Maybe one of these days we'll get him on a camera telling stories. But <laughs> Yes. So, Well, hell, Dave's family's owned that property for like 40 years. Oh, it's been a long time. I mean, so just hearing the st- That man, you could put him in front of a camera for hours and just hear the stories of the property. Oh, very much. And then, I mean, that we, I think that was half the, most of the fun for me anyway. Just listening to him talk about, well, we had a blind there, change that, you know. And But, but yeah. But anyway. But, yeah, so it was either... Two of us or three of us, for the yeah. most part, all season. And I'll be honest, as I've gotten older, that's probably my favorite way to shoot mallards. Absolutely. One at a, one or two at a time, and right on top of the spread. And uh, yep. like my my new favorite duck load this year is is a boss six. Yeah. When they're at oh. fifteen yards, it's redone. It's just silly. I mean, I mean, that's one of the hardest hitting shells I've ever shot. But yeah, when they're was, tight and those little six pellets, it's silly. It, I mean, it's borderline disrespectful towards them. It is. But so that was that, and then we should get into Canada. Yeah. I so tried, I tried to segue for you. <laughs> I know. <laughs> so this was my first year to roll north of the border. Kyle and I have both hunted up with Brennan, well, right on the edge. Well, that's the thing. I was actually we talk about that this year is. The three South Dakota, North Dakota, can't. The three longest trips either of us have taken to shoot waterfowl have been together over the last really five six years between yeah. South Dakota when we went to, went up with Brennan. Yep. And then we got our passports and went to Canada this year. Yeah, this and we year, and we went way way up. We yes. were 
we 50 miles off the forest? We, yeah, we were 50 miles off the Boreal Forest up there. Yeah, we were way up there. So anything that was north of us, I mean, we were, I mean, we were in the duck factory. Yeah. Uh, but anything that was coming from the north, that was their first stop, was right where we were at. Yeah, so we went up, we met a buddy up there. His name is TC. He's been on the podcast before. You guys will hear more from TC this year on some Goose Call stuff. But, yeah, he was up there hunting, and we hunted a little bit with TC, mostly on our own. Yeah, I mean, it uh, just... Just freelanced. I, TC helped us gather a little bit of permission since he'd been up there already. So, you know, as you guys have met Bob, I'm going to be a little silly here, trying to get this guy to leave a two- or three-county area is like pulling teeth. It's pretty bad. So we go to Canada. Obviously, him and I had never left the country. So we go to Canada, and that was kind of what we did. We helped them scout for what they had going on, and if we found a little small two-man duck feed, three-man duck feed, that's... Yeah. We got permission on that, and they helped us with it. Again, so Kyle and I rolled up to Canada with a camera guy in tow, and we were basically shooting... We were shooting a short that you guys will see this year. Yep. Uh, So, nothing crazy on the video-wise. Just, it'll be a little minute or two-minute deal. So, Kyle and I were looking for two-man shoots, which you can't find more of anywhere on the planet than a two-man duck shoot eight hours into Canada. Yes. It's ridiculous. And I think that's the thing that caught us off guard is, you know, you're we're used to hunting down around here, you know, around your shop in Kansas. I mean, it's, it's when you find them, you find a good bunch. And when you find them, you really find them. You go to Canada, you just drive a mile down the road. It's like, well, there's 30, 40 ducks going in the field. There's a handful of honkers going over there. There's no... Oh, well, there's another one. Yes. If you don't like the field on that one, just drive another kilometer or mile or whatever you want to say it is. Yeah, 50 miles an hour. Yeah. yeah. Canada's awesome, but the 100 kilometers an hour on a sign is very misleading because 100 kilometers an hour, if you do the math, it's about 61, 62 miles an hour. <laughs> yeah. That's the fastest you can go in Canada legally. So, yeah, it was uh, just seeing the birds just, I mean, you wouldn't think there was anything there, and you see them get them out of field, get out of the wheat cell, and you're like, oh, okay. But getting underneath of them too. I mean, so so if you've never been, it is a lot of grain field, really big grain field. Uh, it's really shitty food. Oh. <laughs> you need to bring food. Yes. The food's not good. Take food. Yeah, the people are awesome. The locals. Every local you run into, you'll have a story with the guy when you come back. Yep. Every one of them. Um, it's like being on Letterkenny. I mean, you could not have nailed that more between uh, Roland and then I can't remember. Uh, I don't know his name. I but... don't either, but my goodness, it was like I was talking to Derry. Yeah, it was great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it was just... fantastic. Uh, but so, yeah, like I said, shitty food. Now, we were in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. Little bitty town, which is what we were doing. We were away from people. You know, yeah. if you're in one of the bigger towns, you're going to be around other guys hunting. But we were in the middle of nowhere, so absolutely crappy hotel. <laughs> yes. We but... basically, this hotel was 350 no, $340 for the week. We were six days, I think it was. Mm-hmm. And it had a twin-size mattress and a double bed, and that's it. And it was about the size of this room we're sitting in right now. I would say 340 was probably... A little overextending his value. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. But we'll probably stay there again. Yeah. We'll <laughs> so just get a second room this time. Yeah. But, <laughs> but yeah. So it is. Uh, it's bad food. 
bad hotel. It's a lot of driving, but it is an amazing amount of quality hunts. Yes, I mean, I don't know if a I don't know if a mallard duck ever finishes better in a dry field than up there. I know Widgeon don't. You guys will see that <laughs> on the video. But you know, obviously, when I started hunting, that was kind of right when the spinners got released. That's the first time I've experienced. Hey, is the spinner on? And you don't have to look at it. You just see what the duck's doing. Oh, 100%. You just flip it on, and they just 90-degree turn, and they come right at you. It it was a learning experience. You don't need the trailers. Just fill your truck bed with silhouettes and a little bit of electronics in your blinds, and you're golden. Yeah. Now, we mostly went up to shoot ducks. Yes. But we did do, we did do one snow goose hunt. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So... This is the best way I can sum up Canada. So, TC, he's like I said, he's been on the podcast. TC's the killer. Yes. But we set out one night, him and a couple of the other guys, uh, they they wanted to fun hunt a snow goose feed, and we were within eyesight of the hotel, basically. Yeah, eyesight of the hotel. They scouted it from the deck of their lodge. Yes. So, we set... I don't know, 80 full-body geese, full-body snows. Was it 80, mm. 60? Wasn't very many. It, Not yeah. for snow geese. No, it was uh, it was five dozen, so 60 full-bodies and then a couple flyers. We took an A-frame. We took two A-frames. Two A-frames. And we cut a hole in the tree line. Mm-hmm. Now, short tree line, they were maybe, what, 30 foot tall? Yeah, like the tree know. lines up there, it's, it's kind of like a mangrove forest. Whatever, it's, it's kind of their version of a hedgerow. Yeah, so yeah. did that, cut the slot out. We So, yeah, we chainsawed a hole into the hedgerow, mm-hmm. whatever they are, put the A-frame in it. I think TC, did he walk out 15 steps from the hedges to put the decoys out? One very far. I think he did them at 20. Okay. But still, I mean, five yards. He put the electronic collar out, and it was barely on loud enough to hear it. Correct. And we proceeded to shoot a hundred snow geese in an hour and a half, if that. And they were all f- mostly finished. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the I I. So it's not the same. No. And yeah. When we're up there, you'll Bobby was wearing that. Yeah, actually, had... that's exactly what he had on, except he had different pants. So, so I went out to shag some snow geese, and. This, there were more snow geese coming in, and I was outside of the A-frame. I was up against the hedgerow, but I'm outside of the A-frame. I probably shot three or four snow geese. Stand- All right, so we had to reset the camera. So like I was saying, I was standing outside the blind in a red flannel, shooting finished snow geese over 60 full bodies. Ridiculous. Yes. So for the guys that are down here in the United States that don't, have not been to Canada to do this, you're shooting adult snow geese. In a one of the A frames that's hardly covered, yeah, in a tree line with a E collar that's at twenty five yards that you can hardly hear, and you're shooting them at fifteen yards right here. It was the most ridiculous thing I've ever seen. Canada's pretty amazing. It's a special place. Now we will be back next season for sure, but we're just going up to shoot ducks. Yeah, yeah, hundred I mean, percent. Stay out, stay out of the water. Just shoot them in a dry feed. I mean, yeah. that's so. Like our, our mostly what we set out for ducks this year. We set out two spinners and we brought two bags of Dakota silhouettes. Yep, of geese. 
that's that is all you need. And then we did all A frames. Yeah, guy could do layout blinds just the same. That, that's the one thing we we talked about a lot this year is if you took layout blinds up there, my goodness. Oh yeah, it's silly. You can that, just sit there and walk. Yeah, I mean you'd need a butterfly net really. Yeah, butter the shotgun much. maybe. But yeah, so that was our season. So I was gonna go over a little bit uh, what I got going on in the shop this year. Yep. So lots of stuff. This is a big year. So this is my 20th year of making calls being in business. So I started in 2004. So I graduated high school in 2004, by the way. <laughs> so I was uh, I was still doing stucco and yeah. this at the same time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was... Uh, I did a handful of years of stucco with you on the weekends when we first started running around together. Yeah. But anyway, we need to talk about the show. Yeah. yeah. So... So we will definitely have some anniversary calls this year. So we're going to do some of the old short barrel styles. Going to do some of the old DLC 300s. First call that I ever made. Um, I think there was a couple other ones you in there too. you still have a 300 laying around? I do. That is such a sweet call. Yeah, there might be one. Yeah, no, we're not going to take it down. but No, but yeah. Um, I think there was one or two other ones in there. My, oh, I think I might have done a center as well. Like the Oh, I did the old QT shape with the ridges. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. That'll be cool. Yep, so I did a run of those, and then I think the actual, the older center style too. Yeah. Yeah. What was the moneymaker one that you scrimshawed? That was your kind that of... That was the 300, but it had a bigger bore in it. It was louder. You you ought to do a handful of scrimshawed ones. Just, maybe. Just to sneak them in there, maybe. Yeah, maybe. Those were so sweet. Yeah, and then actually I had a customer the other day that gave me a really good idea for a throwback call. And I'm still working on that. Not going to let it out, are you? Not yet. All right. Fair yeah, enough. I got to talk to another guy about it before I do. Fair. Uh, and this is kind of cool. Uh, getting getting ready to release this probably, probably at the end of May. So I actually have a new wedge material that never wears out. So this is something that never goes out of tune. You never have to replace it. Um. I've never seen anybody use it in a call before, but yeah. but basically it takes uh, the J-frame style call and makes the wedge so it never wears out, so the tune never changes. So as soon as, because even even the uh, the the cork that I use, it's not cork, hadn't been cork for fifteen years. Yeah, it's got a little bit of cork in it, but it's mostly a rubber. It's mm-hmm. mostly colored to look like cork. Yeah, uh, I do that because cork just doesn't last long enough. Yeah, um, but even that product itself. It goes a year, maybe, maybe a year and a half. Um, but I can tell the difference in it from when I first tune a call yep. to after it sits around for a couple days. It's a yeah. little different sound, but this new it material. It gets stiff and it's a little loose. It's a little bit. Yep. But this new material, uh, it is the same <clears throat> no matter when you touch it because this stuff doesn't wear out. So it's, we, it's impressive stuff. So I've had it in some of the calls I hunt with. Kyle's messed with it, and then actually TC has ran it. I think I think we're on. I think last season was season three with it. I think yeah. I ran it by myself for a year. And yeah, I gave it to TC. I think he was on his second season. That's yeah, he was on his second. You yeah. had it for I think three or four years, maybe before you even ever said anything to me. Yeah, about it's, it. it was a while. And then I ran it all this past year. Yeah, so it it has not changed one iota. It shouldn't when you read uh, when you read the specs on it. It should not change. So yeah, uh, water can't physically soak into it. 
So there's nothing that it really there's yeah. nothing temperature wise or it, humidity wise that changes. It doesn't degrade. It's it's impressive. It it keeps a call very crispy from like that when you change a cork out or the wedge material. So it just keeps it. Yeah. So everybody on the podcast, you're getting the first news about that because I haven't really posted much about that. Um. And then other than that, back to making calls right now. Like I said, I added a laser engraver. Uh, this is really exciting for me, probably not for you guys, but the, He's uh, such a nerd. I know <laughs> the, uh, the absolute thing. One of the only things I despise making call wise or call making wise is sandblasting. So the only way to make that finish flat, you can kind of get it off the machine, but it's still not as nice as a sandblasted call, no matter how you run the machine. Um, so every one of these calls gets sandblasted. Yeah. Every call part. And it's probably five to seven minutes a call to blast one. And you do it one at a time. Well, I have a... I broke down this year and I have a automated sandblaster. It is amazing. But so for the last two weeks, I've been installing a new laser engraver because I had to shuffle everything around because I needed two. And yep. then I had to put this uh, automated sandblaster in, which takes way more air. So I got... Basically, three air compressors in the back all plumbed together to make enough air for this damn Is thing. one of those a bladder, though? Uh, so there's one tank, two compressors. That's right. And I'm looking for, I got 160 and 120. I'm looking for another 60-gallon air compressor right now. Yeah. So any of you, about, any of you all out in the tribe, if you have a 60-whatever <laughs> bladder, that, hit 60-gallon compressor. Hit yeah. up Bobby Hayes Jr. He kind of needs one here in the shop. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah, I'll get, yeah, so. Yeah, it's uh. It's pre- it's a pretty cool process. The uh, the sandblasting cabinet. You sent me that video on it because I kind of hard on old Bob, so I like to give him a lot of trouble whenever he has an idea. So he sent me the video of the cabinet, and I immediately had to eat crow on that one because it is that's that was pretty cool. I like watching very, very them go. Cool. I like watching them spin. <laughs> yeah, I know it's pretty neat. <laughs> We're gonna have to do some video on that, but. But yeah, so that's what's going on right now. We will uh, we'll get some more podcasts out. I'll start trying to get them out at least at least two a month now that the season's off because yeah. I don't do these during season. I hunt. Yeah, yeah, that's that's my yeah. time. Yes, you do. Yeah. So or you're saving me when I run out of gas on the side of the highway because I passed seven gas stations because I'm not ready to get <laughs> off the highway yet. But we don't want to talk about that right now. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but what I would like to know. If there's anything you want us to talk about on the podcast, if there's any people you want us to get on the podcast, whatever you want to hear yep. about, feedback's great because uh, I end up running out of ideas on what to talk about on this. So, yep. yeah, anything you want to know. We keep kicking the idea around about putting Kyle on a podcast of his own if I can get him to stop playing golf. That's that's the hard thing. It's golf season now. Well, you should understand now that hunting season's over. You get about a month, month and a half, and then it's golf season. Yeah. I'll tune back on the um, we'll make something happen. What I would like to know from you guys, though, would you like equipment podcast? And by that, I mean, do you want us to go over what equipment we use? Would you like, like, for instance, would you like me to get somebody from Boss, somebody from Dakota, somebody from Maven, somebody from Lucky Duck, and, like, really geek out over the equipment, like, what makes all that stuff work, how do they make it, all the ins and outs of that. So if that's something you guys are interested in, you can shoot me a message on social. You can, I think you can shoot a message on Spotify, on 
Spotify. I think you can put a Q&A up on Spotify. Yeah, I have. I don't think anybody does it. Well, we just got to share it. Yeah, more. or you can email me. <laughs> Email's on the website. Yep. So. Reach out. Give us ideas. We'll make something happen. All right. Well, that is it for tonight, folks. Yep. All right. Y'all be good. <laughs>